It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. All right, let's talk Nats for a second. Last couple of weeks of baseball here. Over the last 15 days, a couple of guys I wanted to call attention to. Luke Voigt has stayed hot. He has three homers, and he has a 1030 OPS over the last two weeks for the Nationals. He is the only regular who's got an OPS uh, over 900 on the team over the last couple weeks. Alex Call has also been really good. He's played 11 games in that time, three home runs and eight RBI, has an 870 OPS, second to Luke Voigt on the squad. Uh, Joey Manessis, good to see, have a four-hit game the other night. He had, you know, by his standards, been slumping just a little bit, had cooled off before that four-hit game. Now he's sitting at 326 with his average and 906 with his OPS as we close in on 200 at-bats. We're closing in on basically a third of a year of Joey Manessis in the big leagues. And Joey Manessis is hitting still over 325. There's nothing I can say today on this podcast that we haven't already said. I mean, there's nothing to add to this story that you guys who watch this team day in and day out don't already know. But hats off to him. What a story and what a... You know, what a great shot in the arm this was for those of us that are still watching all these games and still care about this team. You needed something like this to help us get to the finish line a little bit, right? Uh, you needed, you know, Luke Voigt to hit, which he has. Uh, he's 362 average in his last 12 games with that 1030 ops. Just to give you something fresh, something fun to, to root for. I mean, he's eight for his last 24 at the plate with a couple of bolts this week. Uh, so it's been fun to watch Luke Voigt in that regard. But, man, oh, man, uh, Joey Manessis. Look, he's he's going to be in the mix now come spring training. Whatever you do this offseason, that guy should be on this roster. You know, he should have an invite to camp, and he should get to compete for at-bats one way or the other. Uh, Nelson Cruz is dealing with eye inflammation right now. Whether or not we see him uh, again in the next couple days, I'm not sure. But... He is unlikely to be here based on his age and signing the, the one-year deal that he did. You know, don't bring him back. If you want to shop Luke Voigt, you might be able to get something for him, and then maybe Manessis could be your DH. Because I'm convinced that he can hit. He has hit in AAA consistently. He had a huge year for the Phillies in AAA and didn't get a chance in the majors a few years ago. Then he left and went and played Mexico before coming back and having an awesome season in AAA this year. But if you add up his 
you know, his numbers in the minors to the majors. I mean, that, now you really got a, a fun stat line for him this season. But I, I just don't think he can play the field particularly well. And there's no harm in that for the record. Uh, you know, it, it's why he hasn't been much of a prospect. But, like, combine his numbers this season, and you've got 29 home runs and about 90 runs batted in, and an OPS now creeping up toward 900 overall. Just amazing. So he should absolutely be given a chance to compete. You know, you want to try to build the closest thing you can to a meritocracy. And you can't have him play the way he has down the stretch and, you know, not give him an opportunity to get some ABs uh, into next season. Victor Robles, last six games he's played, five for 17 at the plate with a home run, a 294 average. Now, what they do with Victor Robles this offseason, I think, is going to be really interesting um, because I'm kind of over the whole Robles thing. Uh, too many outs on base. Too many mistakes, throwing to the wrong guy. I think his baseball IQ is very low. Uh, I love the athlete, and I have I was so high on Robles for so long, and I'm just not anymore. Uh, at 25 years old, it's not personal, right? But in 591 OPS, like I, I've seen enough, and it kind of feels, to be honest, like they've seen enough too, because he's not playing every day on a horrendous team that loses 70 percent of the time. And I think that kind of tells you everything you need to know. You know, if you're looking at Robles's future here, he's are eligible a couple of more times. He's not set to hit free agency until 2025. And so they could keep him around here still and may well do that. I mean, I saw kind of the first story written now about next season on MLB.com where it was kind of the same old... You know, the Nats are hoping Patrick Corbin and Victor Robles can turn their careers around next year. And we've done that act, haven't we? I mean, I'm not trying to be flipping or a jerk or mean or anything. But Patrick Corbin is who Patrick Corbin is, and Victor Robles is who Victor Robles is. You fool me once, you know, fool me twice, fool me three times, you struck me out. I don't know the saying. But I played that game a couple years ago after 2020 with Patrick Corbin. Oh, it was the pandemic, and he didn't have a normal spring training, and it was just a weird year, and I'll dismiss it. And then last year happened. And then at the end of last year, he had a good September. You know, finished pretty strong. And then we we did the act again. We did the whole routine. The, 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 you know, I, I uh, bit the hook. And they said, oh, well, guess what? He, uh, you know, he finished strong and he figured something out and he tweaked this and it's going to be a different Patrick Corbin. I'm not playing that game again. And I, I feel the same way about Victor Robles. Now, Corbin's not going anywhere. He's going to be here. He's under contract. They can't get out of the deal. No one's going to take on that contract. But Robles, you could flip. You know, you could move on from pretty easily. There are teams all over the sport that would probably enjoy adding a gold glove caliber center fielder who can steal some bases, speed and defense guy. And there's also enough track record where he performed in the minors and was a high enough regarded prospect where I guarantee you there's going to be some teams out there, maybe it's analytical or otherwise, who decide, you know, we can fix him or we can tweak the swing. And who knows? Maybe they're able to. I certainly hope that's the case. I don't root against Victor Robles, but I am ready to move on and kind of end that charade at this point. Because the problem is it, it seems like, you know, if they were to keep him next year as just their fourth or, you know, spare 
uh, outfielder who comes off the bench to play defense and run. It does. It just seems like there's always like the inclination that maybe he can do more, or they need to play him more, give him more opportunities. And also because at one point in time he was an everyday guy on a World Series team, I, you know, it seems like maybe there's more of a hunger or an interest in in just you know trying to squeeze more toothpaste out of that tube or you're you're chasing a ghost of a couple years ago and it's also you can find a guy that does what Victor Robles does just a different guy that doesn't essentially remind you of what he should have been and what he could have been which might actually just be healthier <laughs> for everybody involved at this point now on Corbin he left his start yesterday with back spasms so if you're keeping score at home, and this is not Corbin's fault, obviously, it's an injury, but this was the third time in the span of fewer than 10 starts where he didn't get out of the first inning. The first two just based on ineffectiveness. The the problem with that, obviously, is that it completely destroys your bullpen. And when you have a rotation made up right now of guys like Paolo Espino, who was a reliever this year, or Corey Abbott, who was a reliever this year. Those guys don't go deep. They go four or five innings at a time. So you're you're talking about just completely destroying the bullpen. There's nothing Corbin could have done about it yesterday against the Braves on Tuesday. He had back spasms and the back tightened up and they had to get him off the mound. I, I will be interested to see if he pitches again this year. I would not pitch him again this season. I don't know what the point of that would be. There are 13 games left. Uh, so I would shut him down for a week or so and see how he's feeling. And at that point, you got a week of the season left, and you can just get by with, you know, whatever healthy arms you got, kind of bullpenning it till the end of the year in a, in a loss campaign. But if this is the end of the road for Corbin for 2022, 30 starts, a 6.08 earned run average, and a 1.66 whip for Patrick Corbin. Now. Prepare yourself for the narrative that the team will push, which is going to be how much better he was in September, which is true. 3.10 ERA over four starts, 20 innings and just seven runs. But he only struck out 12. He was not missing any bats. He was kind of pitching to contact. The good news was he wasn't really walking anybody, but the average against was still 260, which is too high. Uh, it's better than 330 in August or 370 in July, which is insanity, or 303 in June or 304 in May. I mean, 260 is, you know, kind of like what a back of the rotation arm might allow, and that allowed, you know, that's what he did. That that allowed you to to continue to pitch him um, before the All Star break. His ERA was 5.8. After the All Star break, it was 6.5, and the reason for that was he just got rocked in those one inning outings where. Uh, They just had to remove him from the rotation. So imagine what it would have looked like without the really good September. Um, But, again, they said last year that he had figured it out in September and that it would carry over. I am always – this is not a Corbin point. This is certainly related to Corbin right now. But I'm always hesitant, and I would tell people to always proceed with caution when evaluating player performance in September. It is not quite as deceiving as spring training, obviously. These are real games, and you are taking on real big leaguers. However, every team has kind of a different thing going on in September, Um, meaning there are teams that are playing a lot of young guys, like the Nats as an example. Like, think about their lineup right now that 
that a pitcher might face. You know, the Braves call someone up today to shove against them, and, and you're pitching against, like, you know, even though he's been pretty good, Ildemaro Vargas and Alex Call and uh, Tres Barrera, you know, that's that's a third of your lineup. Well, that's not the same as if you pitched against this team in May with Josh Bell and Juan Soto and Nelson Cruz before his season fell apart, right? And I guess my point is, September, it rosters expand, young guys get more opportunities. There is a developmental element for some teams to these games. There's also, I, I believe this, maybe some players would laugh at this, but, I mean, depending on like where you're at in the standings, how much of a cushion you have, there might be games where it's a getaway day and, and we're ready to get on the bus, so... You know, you take three pitches, we're fine in you or whatever. Uh, it just, it's different evaluating this month than the other months. And so I, I try not to get fooled by September. And, and that could be the same way with a call-up, by the way. If, if a guy gets called up, you know, September 1st, and they hit 327 or something, it, I, I, that doesn't mean they would have done that in May or June. Um, but, look, you, you got... Whatever information you can get your hands on, you you got to use, and and so you you don't dismiss it completely. Or you don't say that Patrick Corbin didn't make some strides because he clearly did. Also, he he did some things that I would have thought would have backfired. Like I wouldn't have thought made any sense. I mean, his best pitch is his slider, and his fastball is not particularly helpful generally. And then he started leaning more on on throwing fastballs in the strike zone, which I would have said would have been a debacle, but. It uh, worked out for him for a few starts. But we'll see what they decide to do with the back spasms for Patrick Corbin.